0: hi everyone it's your host Miranda this episode is a different format and AMA ask me anything based on questions that people submitted through a link on the big D pod Instagram I need to apologize in advance I recorded this conversation with my bestie Rachel who you might know from season one and her audio is not awesome not the studio sound that you are used to for season two it's my fault sorry 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 apologies to Rachel it's clear but quiet I tried my best to even out the levels compressor low shelf high shelf EQ etc um this is as good as I could get it I think you will enjoy this Um, and all my uncomfortable laughter. I thought it would be a fun idea to do an AMA and ask me anything through my Instagram account. And I got a lot of questions. (laughs) I was not actually expecting that many people to submit questions. So I'm really excited to do this. People did not hold back. Um... I thought I might get a few silly comments, easy, light questions, but there are some hardball questions in here and I have my best friend, Rachel here to pepper me with these questions. We're going to have some real talk with Rachel because (laughs) Rachel is better at asking questions than I am. And (laughs) she's She will ask whatever the fuck she wants. She is the queen of would you rather, like the most menacing would you rather questions. (laughs) And this is kind of fun because the last time that we recorded together my episode, we were, you know, living life as two normal best friends, but now we're roommates. (laughs) Uh, Which is great. How would you say that's going, Rachel? It's
1: going great so i'm looking at this list of questions and not gonna lie a few of these hardball questions are from me (laughs) wow it is revealed it is revealed and i just have to clarify that all would you rathers the game is specifically to like dive into the menacing parts of your heart so anyone who is asking you a would you rather that's like enjoyable is not playing the game correctly yeah Okay, so my (laughs) first hardball question for you is, what do you love about your roommate's cat? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this
0: is where Rachel really wants to talk about being roommates and how that's going. Um, Okay, so Jordy, um, well, he's a very handsome cat. He
1: is very handsome.
0: He sleeps during the day mostly sleeps a lot he's very cute when he sleeps he is very affectionate when he wants food and (laughs) when you're gone he comes and cuddles me in the morning but not when you're here
1: he just that's when he's cuddling me
0: yeah exactly (laughs) so I do I do that's what I like about your cat
1: all your cat fans were patiently waiting for a really good answer there (laughs) okay Um, For real, though, okay. let's get into these ask-me-anything questions. Um, First on this list, we have, why did you get married in your teens?
0: Ooh, okay. Well, I think anyone who gets married does so because they think it's going to last forever. And when you're in love you want and expect it to last forever even if you know there's a possibility it won't like you're in that in love headspace and I think I just thought why not I was like I'm a very mature young woman I can make a decision like this we share values we are kind of like pursuing the same future we like to do enough of the same things We like to do enough different things. We have fun together. We challenge each other. Like, it really did have a lot of the essential things that you need for a long-term relationship. And so I got married. I want to say I made that, like, TikTok trend video about teenage dream. But I was not a teenager. I was actually 20 on the cusp of turning 21. And that was important to me. That I didn't get married as a teenager.
1: Still couldn't drink a beer in the U.S.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh. (laughs) It is embarrassing kind of to say it out loud though. Do you regret getting married? Mm, No. I kind of regret getting married so young. And I think if I'd waited, then I would have made a different decision. Which sounds like I regret getting married. (laughs) But... I don't, because it was just such a huge part of my life. Like, we were together 10 years in total, including, like, the dating. And I can't imagine my life without him in it for that time. I would have to, like, wish away such a huge part of my life to feel regret. Do you think that's an honest answer? Yeah.
1: I think that is an honest answer.
0: Okay, great. But
1: I also wonder if it's, um, is it just unimaginable? Like maybe you don't regret it because you can't imagine (sighs) what the alternative would look like.
0: That's, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. I think there are lessons that I've learned now that I'm really happy to have learned as a result of that. And like, those are things I don't want to go away. Mm Mm-hmm. Either So, yeah. But then there's also, like, a part of me that thinks, like, you know, there are things that I would have done differently. I think I also could have ended it sooner. Um, But I also definitely think that, like, I'm the kind of person who needs to exhaust all the (laughs) options.
1: And what's... This is not on the Ask Me Anything, but prompted by this. Yeah. Um, What's the difference in your mind between a long-term, if you hadn't have gotten married, you probably still would have been in a long-term relationship with your ex.
0: Yeah, definitely. So
1: what's the difference here? Like, do you regret getting married? Not do you regret the relationship?
0: Right. No, I don't. Because getting married was still such a part of my formation of identity. And like, being married was a part of who I was and how I saw myself. Those funny, like lots of people when they would meet me would remark, Oh, you don't seem like you're married, which I don't even know what that means. But anyways, <laughs> not cause I was flirtatious, but whatever. That's a whole other conversation. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't regret getting married because I also learned like so much about being married and what I liked about it and didn't like and what I would do again and not do again. And I think even in a long-term relationship, I would have learned some of those lessons, but not all of them. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Because there was so much expectation put on us because we were married that like, I don't think would have been put on us and on me if we didn't have that agreement of marriage
1: were they internal expectations or external
0: about both
1: yeah
0: yeah we were put on a pedestal by a lot of people
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I really hated at the time and hate even more now I think
1: yeah
0: yeah because with hindsight I could see how harmful that was to me actually mm-hmm. and probably kept me in the relationship longer like reputation management mm-hmm. for us as a couple, but also mostly for my ex, to be honest.
1: Well, you've talked about on this podcast about how you had like a communication strategy when you got divorced. Yeah. So that just really speaks in action to how much expectations you felt were on you.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, what do you miss about your ex?
0: That was a question that came in the not going to lie link, the NGL link. And that surprised me. And I've thought a lot about it. And I don't think that there's anything that I miss about him specifically. I missed him for a long time, but I don't miss him anymore. I miss having, like, that person that you come home to, but also you're that person now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, like, a huge part of learning to be alone was also learning to, like, spread out how I rely on my community for things, and that was a really healthy process and a growth process for me. And so I don't miss... Him and I want to, you know, find someone to be my partner in life. But I have a lot of really good friends who take care of me and fill up my life, so I don't feel like there's this like gaping hole.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I and You know, all of the things that I would do with my ex, I do with all my friends. So it's not like, oh, I wish that we could do this thing together. Cause like you and I cook, you know, Mm -hmm. together around each other. Um, I go out dancing with my friends. We go to eat great meals together. We go to movies together, you know, like all of those things. We spend time cuddling in bed together, (laughs) Like, yeah, all of my friends are really wonderful and, like, all together make up a really incredible support system.
1: Mm -hmm. I think um, that kind of, like, I know know between you and I, like, this conversation around what needs you have and and Mm -hmm. where your partner is supposed to fit in with that, where your friends fit in with that one of our friends recently told me, um, oh, I know that my partner doesn't do everything, but they fulfill a big part of my life and my friends fulfill another big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I know that's something that we've talked, talked a lot about. So it makes sense to me that in the absence of a marriage, that different, Um, Parts of your soul that Uh are looking for connections would be fulfilled in other ways. Exactly. Um, Which brings up, I think, one of the most interesting questions on this AMA list. Do you think infidelity can be okay if a person is trying to get their needs met so they can stay in a partnership?
0: Ooh, that was such a good question. question. I don't know who asked that, but like... Yeah. Come hang out
1: with
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> this is so one of my friends recently was like, do you and Rachel just sit around all day talking about matters of the heart? <laughs> and I was like, yes, actually, that's all we do all day. I don't have like an official opinion on this from like a couples therapist perspective, but I think fidelity, honesty, trust, trust, is like the cornerstone of a long-term relationship, whether it's platonic or romantic, you're married, you're not married. Like that's incredibly important. I think fidelity or infidelity is very common though. So I think, okay, well, we're not talking about cheating here. Specifically, we're talking about infidelity to stay in a relationship. And I think
1: What do you think an example of that
0: would be? I mean, it is cheating, but the question is about what do I think about it if the point of it is to stay in the relationship?
1: Right, but like, what's a concrete example? Like, the thing that comes to my mind is if you were a bi woman in a relationship with a man, and you you feel that that part you're bisexual identity isn't being fulfilled in the yeah. relationship is it okay to cheat with a woman to get that needs met but your right. intention is to stay in the relationship
0: yeah okay so What's that's 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 a good one let's start okay. with that one or it could be anyone who let's say their partner isn't interested in having sex with them um and their sexual needs are being met that way i think I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is you should know what your needs are and that you should have an open relationship with your partner where you can communicate your needs and have your needs met. And if your partner is unwilling to or unable to meet your needs, then there should be an open conversation about how that can happen and how that can be facilitated within like meeting the needs of both people in the relationship to maintain trust.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's ideally how it should go. And I know those conversations are hard to have, but like, if your needs aren't being met, whether they're sexual or not, that's a conversation you need to have with your partner. (laughs) It shouldn't be something that you're trying to fulfill without having a conversation with them or behind their back. Now, let's think of
1: another example if it was because I think. Culturally and societally, we tend to like denigrate sen- sexual needs. Like we don't hold them to the same standards. So it mm. seems like, oh, how could you walk out on your partner for like your sexual needs? So let's think of an yeah, example. Yeah, let's talk like, about emotionally. that emotionally.
0: Well, I mean, I do actually want to talk about the physical quickly. Like, there's mm-hmm. a reason affection or physical touch is a love language because physical touch is essential to connection and like i wouldn't have even known really how important it was to me until we went through the lockdown and i was living alone and single and like i would go like days without touch just like even Mm -hmm. platonic touch and it's really hard yeah um And it made me so much more aware of how important it was to me and then also how important it was to me even just to like put my hand on a friend's shoulder or something, you know? Those little things. Um, But yeah, okay, emotionally. Well, I mean like emotional cheating, whatever that means. What does that even mean? What is emotional cheating? So do you have a definition?
1: My definition of emotional cheating is you are thinking about someone, they're on your mind. When you have conversations with people, they come to mind and you want to share some news about that person. You have all of the thoughts and feelings of a relationship, but nothing has happened physically. And I think there are lots of times where there are gray areas with emotional cheating where maybe things have happened physically so i'm thinking of an example where you and this other person this third party you're hanging out as friends you are drinking uh, some beer together you know you're feeling happy good maybe when you pour a drink for them your hands touch and like Under normal circumstances in a relationship, like, if you touched someone's hand, that's not infidelity. But I think sometimes there is, like, a physical electricity that makes, like, the mundane acts between two people cross into infidelity territory when there's emotional cheating going on. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, like I think but, there can
1: then, be a gray area.
0: What's the difference between that and a friendship, though? Because,
1: well, everyone knows there's a difference, between uh, yeah, the <laughs> I know, and someone that you're into,
0: yeah, that's true. But people develop crushes over the course of a long term relationship.
1: Well, this that's is, normal. This is another thing, lots of people would not consider emotional cheating, cheating,
0: mm.
1: lots of couples would consider that to be a natural, normal part of living that we all have, like crushes and attractions to other people.
0: I think what makes it infidelity or cheating is dishonesty. Like if you're open with your partner, like, oh, I've kind of developed a little crush on this person or, you know, or... uh,
1: I think where it crosses into infidelity is not just about honesty. I think it's about that feeling of, are you playing with fire? Ooh. And I think you know when you're playing with fire. And you know, but what if you're- you do it anyway because you can't help yourself because you're into that person. So you could say, mm. let's say I'm dating Bob and I'm really into my friend Bill. I could tell Bob... Oh, I'm going to the movies with Bill. Bill's my friend. Bill and I are just gonna have a drink after the movie. I'm being fully honest to my partner. Oh, but Bob, I mean but, honest. But I could say I'm I'm in I have a crush on Bill, whatever. I could be honest, but there's still going to be parts of my inner life that I'm keeping secret from Bob. Right. I think that's where it crosses into the realm of infidelity. So, sure, you can be honest with each other, you can have crushes, and some partners with some relationships, people would say that's not cheating. But others would say. Right, it's kind you're, of. You're playing with fire and you're willing to do this anyway, despite the fact that.
0: Kind of, yeah, is dependent on your relationship and like what you have determined within your relationship, what is appropriate or not appropriate. Yeah. Um, because.
1: But even physical infidelity is kind of like
0: that. uh, Oh, absolutely. But then I wouldn't qualify qualify it as infidelity if it's within an agreement that you are open about with your partner.
1: Yeah.
0: Then it's not infidelity.
1: Yep.
0: Then it's an open relationship. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Um, however you would want to define that or monogamish or whatever.
1: Okay, so let's talk about honesty more because this is another question that was submitted. Okay. How much easier or harder or healing or harmful would a breakup be if we shared the full truth with each other? So what would the impact of radical honesty be on a breakup?
0: I think it would be more hurtful but ultimately more healing I don't know I don't know that's so it's so context specific and subjective to the person but I think overall like at the end of my marriage really I think already when we knew things were wrapping up shall we say we both kind of like came out with like all of these things that we had been unhappy about, but hadn't communicated to each other. And it was like, wow. Like if we had been able to actually be a hundred percent honest and risk, like hurting the other person, like I still think our marriage would have ended because there were some like unresolvable things, but there are definitely things that we could have improved on along the way. I don't know. I think, I think radical honesty is always better, even if it's more hurtful. And I think like, even in my experience dating so far, like you can be very honest and direct about what's working, what's not working, but do it in a kind way with compassion for the other person. And I think it's just better. You're not wasting anyone's time.
1: Right. So I think the key there, though, is that you're, you're doing it with kindness and compassion.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Some honest truths can't be delivered with kindness.
0: That's true. Um, well, it's funny. Like, I was dating this guy for three months, and his reason for ending things was, like, it turned out he was a bigot, and he was kind of hiding it. <laughs> and he was like, you know... um, I really care about you and I'm there for you, but this is the reason my family wouldn't accept your family. (laughs) And it's like, and then he was like, I can sit here and I'm happy to listen to you, like share your pain with me and how it makes you feel. And I'm like, no, first of all, because you're a bigot. And two, (laughs) like, I don't care that you're saying this to me nicely. Like, you're wrong. I mean, I'm glad that we're not going to date anymore because I don't want to date you now knowing this. But uh, he was trying to do it in a nice way. <laughs> yeah. With compassion for me. And I was like, this is not cool. This is not a good reason to break up with someone. But yeah. it revealed a lot about who he was. So, like I said, I'm glad that that's not progressed at all.
1: What about in situations where... People, I think people often change their minds about things and their opinions, especially when you're in the heat of a moment and emotions. Sometimes when people take a moment to walk away and really think about it, they come to a different conclusion. So do you think that it's possible that if you were to be full, fully honest with someone, share this radical honesty, would it haunt you even after the person has like, can what, what is said out loud ever be taken back? No, I don't think so. Right, so then how... But in that situation, that's just spelling doom for the relationship then. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, but then I think there that some... teaches you something about yourself
1: and but I that think person. There are some benefits to inhibitions. Like they're there for a reason.
0: (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember (laughs) with my, my ex-husband, one of like the earliest fights that we had, he called the work that I did, um, (laughs) basket weaving. And it was like one of the most hurtful things that he said to me in our early relationship It's like one of those things that you say, oh, I said it out of anger. I don't actually like mean it. It's an exaggeration. You know, I just said it to hurt you, blah, blah, blah. If I had been paying attention, then that would have been indicative of uh, how I spent my time was deprioritized. And um, my work was not a priority in our relationship dynamic. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, another question that has popped up here about dynamics in your relationship. Did your queerness play a role in the changing dynamics in your marriage?
0: Ooh, this is such a good question. So both my ex and I grew up in evangelical Christian homes that were homophobic. And I experienced a lot of trauma as a young woman around sex and my body and there was just like a lot of shame around sexuality overall. And so when I say that like I was on like this real journey, I was on a real journey, like a real (laughs) pilgrim's progress, Hercules seven challenges whatever. I've been through a lot of therapy um, for this specifically. And this was is, is one of the things I'm honestly most proud of like from going where I was maybe like at age 13 to now like this is a massive area of growth for me, which is not just about coming out but also how how comfortable I feel in my body now and just talking and Be talking about who I'm attracted to openly and without, like, too much shame. There's definitely still a little bit of internalized issue there. So it was actually my ex-husband who kind of, like, was the first person to really, like, call me out. But I say that, like, in a loving way where he really was just like, I'm pretty sure that you're in love with a woman. So talking about infidelity, he knew... And I was not hiding it and nothing ever happened. And it was like, I was not even aware that I was in love with her. But then as soon as he said it, hey, I think that you're in love with your friend. um, I was like, oh shit. And then it kind of all like came crashing down. And I had been open about being attracted to women before, but I never felt comfortable saying like I'm bisexual or pansexual because I was married to a man and I just didn't really hadn't, had to really like confront it and so he actually was incredibly supportive and in many ways um like I think we both helped each other explore our sexuality in helpful ways we made mistakes along the way for sure but we both tried really hard to support each other. So no, my sexuality, I think maybe what this is getting at is like, did it impact my separation or divorce? And no, it didn't. It was not why we separated. Okay.
1: So we're gonna go into the realm of Miranda is an influencer now. What? (laughs) (laughs) A divorce influencer. So oh God! I don't know how long, for more than half my life, I've known Miranda and for more than half my life, I continually meet friends that I didn't know that she had. So it just Gosh. makes sense to me that now she's got a podcast and we all need to know who are your celebrity sex dreams
0: about? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who asked me this question so badly. Okay, well, here's the God's honest truth. One, I have a lot of nightmares, so um, not a lot of sex dreams. Two, when I have sex dreams, they are not about celebrities. They are about people I know.
1: Three, what about when they're fantasies?
0: Oh. they are oh. about? Okay. Um...
1: I feel like this shouldn't be so hard for her to answer because i know for years miranda used to make powerpoints about celebrities that she has fantasies about
0: okay it's true i did that (laughs) I, i did that with my friends there's this incredible like pop culture literary like critique website called pajiba and they do this pajiba top 10 um, top 10 hottest celebrities and my friends and I would do PowerPoint presentations about who our top 10 was yeah for sure okay I will submit Tessa Mae Thompson and Simu Liu as some of my celebrity crushes should I add more crushes. one of my like all time celebrity crushes is David Tennant yeah. Like he is in the hall of fame
1: <laughs> crushes for me. Um, so someone wrote in that they would like you to ride them backwards. <laughs> love, love the guests on that one. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I know who that is because okay. of some other hints that they put in there. They okay. said it intentionally he lives on another continent, so it's not happening. <laughs>
1: Okay, so let's talk now about moving on post-marriage life Ooh. separation. Um, so I guess one question that's kind of about those initial days is what music albums got you through your separation?
0: Yeah. Okay, so I do have an upcoming episode with Elamine Amin, Abdel Mahmoud, about this exact topic. But I will say the Chicks album Gaslighter came out oh my god, like the same month as when I separated and so that was a massive, massive album for me lately when I'm anxious about dating it's, <laughs> it's the soundtrack to Rent the musical and I will play that over and over and over
1: <laughs> you know there is like something special about musicals with uh, with a breakup I think because they they seem neutral or maybe that's just my perspective but the Hamilton <laughs> soundtrack <true. laughs> really got me through the last few days of my last relationship it was yeah, the only did. music I could listen to it felt totally removed and had nothing to do with relationships
0: <laughs> except that Alexander Hamilton was such a fuckboy <laughs> I know but I feel like you can just like remove yourself but like then place yourself in the characters, but then also still, like, sing with the feeling because of what you're going through. Exactly. It's like other people's lives that you can have catharsis through. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Oh, my exactly. God. Yeah. Hamilton is also a great one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, okay. Uh, what's the worst thing someone can do on a date when they find out you were
0: divorced? Um. I haven't had... Bad reactions to being divorced. Really? Yeah. Um,
1: That's not true. I, I have a confession. This is my question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a Do you have a memory? Question about my cat. I also asked a real one. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that you hate when people associate
0: you with your ex? Ooh, okay, well, yes. Yeah, there's another question here that is, oh, how do people date, you date react when you tell them you're divorced? Mm -hmm. Okay, so first of all, I'm 31, so most of the people that I am dating now are in their 30s. I've dated some people in their 40s. So the chances of you coming across someone who's divorced are higher um people have kids so I think it's less shocking I think like it's just more shocking that I'm young so like to be divorced at 31 that means I have to be married young also which I think is more shocking to people than me being divorced but most people have been very chill however yeah some people have not been chill about my ex and have been weird about it and that's kind of so here's the thing my ex and i have i think something like 400 mutual friends on facebook and some of them are very eligible smart funny attractive people um a few of them have expressed interest in me but won't date me because uh they know who he is and I would get it if they were actually, like, close friends. Like, you can't date your close friends out, because that's, like, too much. But they're not close, so it's weird for me, and it makes me feel like I'm living in this patriarchal hellscape, which, surprise, guess what I am, where I (laughs) belong to my ex still somehow, even though it's been over two years. So that is a take uh, that I hate. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. How has your experience with online dating been? This person wrote in that they find it mentally and emotionally draining.
0: Yeah, I have actually had really great experiences online dating in terms of the people that I've met in person. I only had one, like, really shitty, like, messaging situation from someone that I had met online where he like totally fetishized me for being bisexual and was just like, we should have threesomes with women. That would be so much fun. And I'm like, okay, I don't even know you. We haven't met. Um, So that was shitty, but yeah, I mean, it is mentally and emotionally draining. I kind of like go on an app for two weeks, go on some dates and like then take a break. And I really have only done that twice. I've kind of just dated people that I know, like mutual friends, kind of people like that. So my my online dating experience is quite limited. But it's really hard to, like, talk to a bunch of people all at once and then try to figure out who you're going to go on a date with.
1: (sighs) Okay, I think this is a a good question because I genuinely have no idea how you're going to answer it. <laughs> Do you have trust issues?
0: I, uh, it's, mm, I think that I take longer to warm up than I used to, but I think that's a good thing. I think I actually. Have been like too open with people, and I need to be a bit more discerning—not closed, but more discerning. I think that could be a trust issue, but it's not like I can't trust people. It's not like I'm closed off. It's just that it's gonna take a little bit more time
1: mm-hmm.
0: to get me to trust.
1: Yeah, it has to be, be a little be. more cautious.
0: I'm a little more cautious. Less naive. Less naive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your relationship to trust with yourself? (sighs) Oh, Rachel. (laughs) That's a real talk with Rachel question. (laughs) Yes, it is. That is
0: hard because I feel like... Yeah, I've been screwed over by a lot of people who say that they love me, but it's my decision to be in relationship with them and love them back. And you feel like... You've been hoodwinked maybe one too many times. And so that's kind of also what's contributing to me being cautious. Is it's like, can I make good decisions? I'm trying really hard to. And that's actually like a mantra that I've had to repeat to myself over the last couple of years when I get really anxious is I make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think, okay. So we have three more questions. Um, what is the craziest pickup line that (laughs) works? Well, there's one
0: that I shared last season that was, you have amazing parents and perfect tits, which worked, um, and turned out to be one of the worst dating experiences that I've had. And that was a line said to me by a longtime family friend. So anyways, that was shitty. Um, But the line itself worked because I went on the date. I thought it was funny. Anyways, okay. And then here's a a newer one. Another day in solidarity, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Where we then proceeded to have like a day-long flirtation with union turn innuendo (laughs) very niche yeah
1: that would that would work on you and you only (laughs) um okay so this person was clearly feeling some schadenfreude Mm -hmm. i got that question Uh right um, what celebrity breakup or divorce have you been most happy about?
0: Oh, okay. Well, this is... There is a lot of celebrity breakup in the uh, news right now. Neil Long got cheated on. Adam Levine cheated on his pregnant wife. Uh, Ned from Try Guys cheated on his wife. But the one breakup that has been, like nonstop in the news for various reasons is Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde. And I am obsessed with this whole story. I can't stop reading about it. And I think it's mostly just because I love Jason Sudeikis so much because of Ted Lasso and Ted Lasso is one of my favorite TV shows. And he's not just the star of it, but he also created it and I just, I really want Jason Sudeikis to be my next husband. However, there's also like this part of me that's like worried that he's not a good person and that like, it's all going to come out and it'll all come crashing down because um, he just seems too good to be true.
1: So you're team Jason and not team Olivia?
0: I'm team Jason, but you know, if Olivia presents some evidence against Jason, then, you know, I'll reconsider. (laughs) Um,
1: Okay. Uh, This is um, a bit more of a deeper, but hopefully hopeful note to end on. Do you envision yourself marrying again in the future?
0: Ooh, that is such a good question. Um, Here's what I'll say. I am not looking for a husband or wife. I'm looking for a partner. However, I would get married again. That's not like my goal, but if it was important to my partner, then I would also like want to do it. I don't know if I would want to, like, I wouldn't be the one driving it. I don't think. I think if we had kids it would somehow become more important to me. I know it shouldn't necessarily necessitate that, but yeah. I can see myself getting married again for sure.
1: Okay, one last hard hitter. This was submitted in. Why are you so cute? <laughs> <laughs> Did you send that in, Rachel? No, it's not
0: me. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't have an answer for that. I just am. I just am. And if you would like to ask me out on a date because you think I'm cute, you should.
1: She's available, folks. Uh, I am single. Um, okay, so I have a an on-air proposal to ask you. If you guys liked this AMA, I think we should do it again. But next time, submit the questions to me. Ooh. And that way Miranda won't see them at all. Oh. And i will be totally surprised, and you'll get unfiltered Miranda AMA. Oh. I mean, I Her think. face is terror. <laughs> I think this was pretty
0: honest. It
1: That's was 100% honest.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. That's why I had you here to hold me accountable yeah. and act as the ombudsman for the listeners. Yeah,
1: you were honest <laughs> okay. about everything.
0: Great. You just want to catch me off guard.
1: Yeah. I think it'd be fun to catch you off guard.
0: Maybe we'll do that at the finale. Ooh,
1: that would
0: be fun. Live question box. <laughs> Upcoming, we have an episode with Nadine Araxi, a story coach and writer with magazines like Chatelaine and Mcleans, and we'll be talking about dating after divorce. And then, an episode all about how we use music to map relationships and the best divorce albums with BuzzFeed writer, editor, pop chat host on CBC, and author of his own goddamn book, son of Elsewhere, Elamine Abdel Mahmoud. Thank you, thank you to all of my Patreon subscribers, Rachel, Sophie, Greta. Jillian, Naomi, Bailey, Danielle, Cody, Nadine, Deanna. Ugh, oh, I love you. Thank you. I am thrilled you are still here. If you love the big D, consider becoming a patron. Membership starts at just $5 a month. My original intro music is thanks to singer songwriter Posey. Credit for editing, writing, and today's not so great sound recording goes to me. Miranda.